Welcome back to the program. This is What's Right with Sam and Ash. News Talk 840KXNT. Fixing things on the fly as we usually do here on the What's Right show. Uh, Ash, good to be back in the studio, back in the country with you, with Rocky, who is sitting here, uh, finally not climbing up on the desk, which is nice to see. And um, and it's uh, good to see you. It's good to see you. Welcome back. Thanks. How was it? Uh, the the trip, yeah, it was great. Uh, two weeks uh, was was there with my son uh, in the Czech Republic, which is where you know my entire family is from. Uh, both my parents were born and raised in Prague, in uh, and, and it was um, it was nice. A lot of visiting a family and a lot of you know talking with people and and um, and it's just it's funny because here you know we we talk about what's going on in the Ukraine. We talk about it very much in an abstract sense. Uh, we know it, we have news uh, today about the inflation numbers. They've gone up again significantly. A lot of that being traced back to the Ukraine, and we, you know, and and we're dealing with inflation, right? And we we're dealing with inflation before the Ukraine crisis. Yep. So calling it really a a problem you know, linked to you know to what's going on in, in Europe is uh, is I think a little bit uh, not necessarily accurate. But putting that aside, spin. First, it's spin. There you go. Uh, but putting that aside. What they're dealing with in Europe is a whole different animal, and we talked a little bit about it this morning on Alan Stock, uh, and 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 I think the the biggest problem for them is their their Western Europe is so reliant on gas, natural gas coming out of Russia. In fact, they're entirely and wholly reliant on it, and this in spite of warnings over the years that you know you can't put all your eggs in one basket and and having uh, an energy policy that is, you know, that is so geared and so focused and driven to be clean and to be to be clean and green, right? Uh, but at the cost of being completely at the mercy of of the Russian Federation, now is coming back to bite them in the rear. So these, you know, the, Russia's cutting them off. Essentially, these countries have, call it a six month supply of gas that they have stored up, and the clock is ticking. Because as of, I think it was April 1st or fairly recently, a week ago, a week and a half ago, the, the pipeline was, was cut and gas uh, is not flowing uh, to most European countries. And so as a consequence, you know, next winter, there will be a reckoning. And remember, a lot of these countries could have very cheap, affordable energy in the form of, of nuclear power. And Germany, for example, has, had a, has a number of nuclear power plants that they have all shut down now. And, 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 and it's because they've, they've had, you know, this, and again, we have it here too. They have a, a prominent pro-environmentalist political group in their country that has been screaming about how awful, you know, these nuclear power plants are. But, but it, and then they go, well, natural gas is clean burning and da 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 Fine. But now you don't have power and electricity is being created, in fact, in natural gas plants. And, and so and the gas is coming entirely from Russia. And so you you all of a sudden you're in a place where, yes, we want to condemn the war and we want to say Putin bad. But at the same time, you're beholden to him economically. 
and this is going to be this is going to be an enormous crisis and I'm, I'm realizing it a lot of a lot of the Czech Republic has slowly over the years been converting all available you know heat sources you know boiler rooms things like that they've been converting into natural gas and now they have to completely revisit that that engineering process and there are not a lot of great options but the Czech Republic is very lucky because they have two big nuclear power plants that they have kept online and that they, that's an advantage that that they don't have in Germany and elsewhere so it's it's an interesting problem I think I think certainly the the you know the there everybody wants everybody's talking about it over there and they're also talking about it because specifically in the Czech Republic it's a country that when it was Czechoslovakia it was invaded by the Soviets in August of 1968 and that was actually the time when my parents were well my mom was out of the country at the time my dad was uh, in Prague and and they were you know they they knew each other but they weren't married and at that point they both independently decided to to my mom stay away and my dad to leave the country and became refugees as a consequence and Russian tanks rolled into Prague and so a lot of a lot of this has what they're seeing in the Ukraine many people in the country are old enough to remember when it happened to them and the idea of it happening again and nobody there has I think any doubt that Putin uh, and the Russians have an interest in reconstituting the former Soviet Union and specifically putting together a uh, you know in the Warsaw Pact countries including what is now the Czech Republic and creating a buffer between Western Europe and the Russian Federation that's something that they wanted to do so it's making people very nervous to say the least and and everyone's talking about it are they or is anyone changing their behavior in any way or are they making any direct changes to their life as a result of what's going on in Ukraine yeah that's an interesting question one of the things that a lot of people that that own properties are figuring out is how to be more how to be less reliant on natural gas and there's technologies now that uh, that can pull heat out of the air even when it's quite cold outside mm -hmm. below zero and so they're they're looking to retrofit their buildings and prepare for next winter so there there's that that's a very specific and concrete thing you, you know I, I there's I think a lot of people are putting out Ukrainian flags. I know. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, when I, I say ask. I think, when I say I think, I mean I know. A lot of people, a lot of people are putting out flags on their balcony. There are literally more Ukrainian flags in Prague, the capital of the Czech Republic, than there are Czech flags. There, there are Ukrainian flags everywhere, and they mean different things to different people. I, I think a lot of people who put them up basically or you know it's the it's the latest and greatest thing to be to be in solidarity with mm -hmm. and so people are followers and they they like to you know virtue like signal virtue signal and exactly to some it means you know f you russia you know you you know <laughs> what you did to us and and you you know and now you're doing it to the ukraine you're the same lot of lot of bad guys that we we thought you were and and then you know of course you know to to others that you know it's it's a human rights thing it's a it's a it's a human dignity thing and 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 it's you know it's a solidarity uh it's in solidarity with that i but i wonder i the, the question i truly wonder is for every person who's put up a flag are they using less natural gas knowing it's a it's a fixed pot are they heating their apartments less are they taking shorter showers are they you know traveling less are they doing anything to to, to mitigate any of that, of that lat loss and i'm 
from what I, I could see, it was a lot of business as usual and people just doing what they still were doing before. Interesting. Interesting. Now, is there any fear of speaking out against Russia that they will be retaliated directly? I mean, or beyond just putting a flag up in, for a Ukrainian flag up to support or, you know, give Russia the middle finger. Is there any more diplomacy or something like that? You know, it's funny because most of the country there and most of, of Europe has a, f a fair amount of free speech protection. So in, in the Czech Republic, people are speaking out about this and, and are putting up all sorts of very vulgar uh, Putin messaging, for example, on their apartment windows. So clearly nobody's afraid of being targeted for that. I probably would – I, I assume people – if there was somebody who had a message of solidarity with Putin, they would probably get um, – they would get criticized. I was at a restaurant, funny enough. I was at a restaurant, and one of my friends I was with uh, said to the waiter, I go, well, now, where, where's, the, where's the Russian vodka? And he goes, oh, we got rid of that, You know, kind of like how people did that here. Yeah. And, and my friend goes, yeah, you know, but you already bought it. Is making a very yes. logical argument. You already bought it. We've we've had this conversation here with John Curtis on the show. You you know you bought it. You might as well consume it. And by the way, Russian vodka it's good vodka. So you know it's it's probably the best in the world. And he goes, well, you shouldn't. And the the waiter goes, well, you shouldn't want to drink it with what's going on right now. And well, and what do you think they mean by that? <laughs> I mean, like that's just such a weird thing. Like by in. By drinking Russian vodka, you're still, even though it's already been bought and paid for, you're still showing some type of approval. Is well, that what? Well, well, no, absolutely, and it's the same. It's the same phenomenon we have happen in this country where people are are uh, more concerned about projecting and saying a certain thing, a certain message, than they are about common sense. And that is so. The, the same mass hysteria event occurs there and and look I, I for me i want to always separate myself from the morality of a particular argument which i think the morality here is unequivocally that putin is an aggressor that is has illegally and unlawfully invaded a country that is 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 an independent country and then that's the end of the story and on top of that it seems to me, for the most part, that there are some serious violations of international law at play, in particular with, with in regards to combat. So I have, I, I'm not, you know, I have very strong feelings about that. At the same time, I just don't see the logic of pouring out a vodka in the drain that you purchased, you know, a year ago, uh, that in fact now is is being stored, it maybe was sold to you by a check company that made most of its profit, you know, the. The distributor made most of the profit, and that money went straight into a Czech business, a local business. And and you're you're and it, there's restaurants. We talked about it here mm -hmm. on the show in France to serve poutine, which is a traditional Canadian. French Canadian yeah. dish. And they are and they have been they they have been getting boycotted because, of course, poutine spelled P O U T I N E is so close it's such a homonym of putin that uh you can't even touch it now and it's just, those kind of things are to me absolutely absurd so i yeah i i think it's mass hysteria and i think it's uh it's it, it's 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 not it's not healthy and and but you know but i but i but it ha was interesting talking to people and and getting uh, a little bit closer to to the ground because and I was with my son, and, I, and he goes, well, how close is the Ukraine 
to where we are right now. We were up in the mountains at one point in in eastern Bohemia, uh, eastern part of the country. And he goes, and he go, well, let me show you. And I we we had a, a rental car and had a nav screen, and I just went like click click click, you know, yeah. out pulling out, zooming out, and Liev Lviv showed up on the map, which is in western Ukraine. Uh-huh. I go see that. They were bombing outside of this area not long ago. And it and his, you know, American brain kind of looked at that, was like, oh, crap. Oh, <laughs> that's close. Yeah. And I said, yes, because this is Europe and distances, distances here are are much smaller than we're used to in the U.S. where the U.S. is a big country geographically. Uh, not to mention population wise, but we're we're huge. And, and for the most part, we've got two borders, and we've got one with Mexico it? and one with Canada, and the rest of it's all free. So we've only got to keep our eyes open. Well, we had the California border too. We got to yeah. we got to keep true, an true, eye true, on true, that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, we come back. Uh, wow, uh, home prices here continue to rise, even though we've got an economy that uh, has all the signs of slowing down. I, again, we'll touch on this. The question of these of these prices going up, I think it's it's hitting us locally here in Vegas significantly. So uh, all of that coming up next. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to What's Right with Sam and Ash, News Talk 840 KXNT. Sam and Ash Injury Law has been named the official injury attorneys of the Henderson Silver Knights. Sam and Ash Injury Law, they care, they help, you win. 702-820-1234 or SamandAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. And welcome back. You're listening to What's Right with Sam and Ash, News Talk 840 KXNT. I've got Ash here with me and Rocky, the uh, good boy CEO. Here is Sam and Ash. Good to have him here in the studio. He's sleeping right through everything. Fabulous. Uh, <laughs> I'm back from a two-week hiatus. Uh, went to my parents' home country, the Czech Republic, a place that I Love. By the way, you asked me, you were asking me some questions about it, Ash. One thing I have to tell you is everyone over there is aware that Joe Biden's not okay. In and, what way? You mean mentally? Oh, yeah. No, that he is absolutely <laughs> 1,000% not okay in the head. And these are from people right, left, middle, I don't care. They just know that he is basically incapacitated. And they're also becoming painfully aware that Kamala Harris is a clown. Yep. You know, when, when I think it was when I first, that first couple days that I was in the country, she went to Poland and she gave a <laughs> press conference where she, the, she, the, she began talking about the, the, um, that she was standing here on the, on the Western front of the conflict. Well, you're shaking your head. Why are you shaking your head? <laughs> because you're aware that, that we're talking about a conflict that is occurring on the Eastern front, right? Yeah. Now she got it all upside down because there's an East and a West to Ukraine, <laughs> right? And we talk about the West where Kiev is more or less in the West. Lviv is in the West. Mar- you know, the Mariupol and those, those Donbass regions are in the, in the East. So she got her Easts and her Wests all muddled up. But the best part is if you saw the video, she's saying, well, we're on the Eastern front. And then she kind of looks down on the ground kind of like make sure to see find out where she's standing and she's like oh no no i mean on i mean the eastern front <laughs> and then yes we are here we are here on the eastern front and th- she's so, like holding her hands up to learn her left and right yeah no it's 
it's that bad. It's like she had a string tied around her left finger to be like, oh, th that's, that's the Western Front. Okay, the point of it is, though, when America is weak, all these little countries all over the world that are at the whim of other, we'll call them quote-unquote superpowers, that's a separate thing, and we can get into that in a minute too, but to, to a country of 10 million people, Another country that is geographically enormous and has a big military, regardless of how poorly it may have been performing the last six weeks or so, that is a threat. Yeah. And we spend an inordinate amount of time in this country talking about how crappy America is. And it is a very popular theme among, in particular, I think, leftists at publicly funded universities, but also even among some of our own people, you know, we, we get into, you know, we, we're very skeptical of the government, we're skeptical of the swamp, and I agree, I agree, you know, all that, you know, the list is long and, and, and significant, but one thing I always come back to is, you know, given the choice of what superpower to be dominated by, m most small countries would would sign up for the U.S. no questions asked all day long, and what I mean, what I mean by this is, in talking, in, in being over there and, and talking to people, they would love nothing more than to have the U.S. you know build another base, add you know add missile protections. They are, in other words, they, they'd say, please come into the, please come over here, come back, please. <laughs> be here please put your military in our country because we are afraid of them in this particular case pointing the finger at russia but i would say taiwan certainly feels that way about china even japan feels that way about china so i i, I bring this up because i think we spend a lot of time and we hear it very popular thing about how imperialism american imperialism and you know, and, and white supremacy, and we're just these awful people. We just go around the world doing awful things, and 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 it, certainly there's a lot of criticism that can be leveled at the war uh, in Iraq, for example, in Afghanistan. I get all of that, but there is simply no comparison. I don't want to hear. A, 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 there is no one is begging China to come occupy them. No one <laughs> is asking Russia to come occupy them. There are several countries in Europe currently working closely with 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 the u.s essentially asking to have the american military be sent in and i'm not even talking about the ukraine i'm talking about poland mm -hmm. czech republic uh you have um uh, certainly the the uh baltic republics latvia estonia latvia lithuania finland okay these are they're all very nervous these are countries slovakia they have all borders yeah. with the russian federation they're getting very noivous. Well, that's one of the things that was talked about early on. Why did Putin choose now? And one of the theories is when we pulled out of Afghanistan, we removed our base from there. And so we just had no military presence nearby. Yeah, and, and I think he also looked at Putin and goes, this is a driveling idiot. Uh, Biden, yeah. excuse me. And he goes, this is uh, it's a driveling idiot. And this is somebody, this is weakness we can take advantage of. Uh, but I think the consensus, too, over in Europe is, one, everyone's surprised by how poorly Putin's military performed. They're absolutely surprised by that. The second thing is 
they think that Putin was very surprised by the way the West has responded overall. That he never expended this this kind of clapback. So it is what it is. What's right with Sam and Ash will continue after this brief timeout. Don't go anywhere. We will be here in just a few minutes. Comfortable and confident is how Sam and Ash injury law clients feel after the very first call. Comfortable knowing they have decades of personal injury experience. Confident there's reputation and trust to resolve cases and to do what's right. Sam and Ash injury law offers platinum legal service to anyone who contacts them. Quality matters. Integrity matters. Who you hire to protect and represent you matters. If you've been hurt in an accident, choose Sam and Ash injury law. 702-820-1234 or SamandAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. What's right with Sam and Ash, your local hookup here for the news. Things going on in our community, live and local, every weekday, Monday through Friday, right here, 2 p.m. on News Talk 840 KXNT. I'm Sam. Ash is I'm here. I'm there. here, yeah. Rocky is asleep. There per usual. Go. Um, it's funny. He's literally been asleep for the whole show. <laughs> he's uh, just happy. He knows he's not a human. He's uh, a dog. But um, but still, he's uh, he's asleep. And he has this perfectly good. I I literally I didn't put this up for my dogs. They never come here. I brought that dog bed here so he would have a place to sleep. And it's like he knows he's not a dog that he thinks he's human. So he has to sleep in the chair. But he refuses to be in the dog bed. And if you could see this dog bed, people, this is a great-looking dog bed. It's memory foam. It's cushy. I mean, I'd sleep in that dog bed just a little bit bigger. But anyway, <laughs> uh, look, uh, price is going up. This is hitting everybody. Gas, uh, you know, c- cost of goods. You've got everything at the grocery store is going up. I'm hearing stories day in and day out of people going to their favorite restaurant, and all of a sudden it's 10 bucks more for, you know, for you know 20 bucks more for their family, you know, three or four going out to dinner. Uh, you know, these are these are real big cost increases that are going up. We also have a, a, a cost of living, cost of housing is going up and shooting through the roof. We, you know, we're we know that right now we're at an all time high for housing prices in Vegas. Now, if you own a house, you love this, right? Because you, you're just watching your equity grow and grow. I saw an article uh, the other day just. Basically, the premise of it was, you know, did your house earn more than you did last year? (laughs) Right. And the money you're making at work is getting you less and less. And I think the only way it's, you know, the only the only kind of consolation Americans have is that they that there's their home is is going up in value. But that's if you're lucky enough to to own. And the other the other kind of slice of this is, of course, that rents are going up. And, you know, the average rent, I, I saw this right now in, in the Valley, is something like almost $1,500. And the average square footage, because you always have to compare it to the square footage, is about 850 square feet. So you're, you're paying, in other words, an average of, call it $1,400 and change for about 800 square feet. Friends, 800 square feet is like an okay hotel room on the strip. Yeah, no, no, no. Okay, hotel room's like 500 feet, 600 feet. Yeah. This is like a nice hotel room on the strip. 
It, it, you know, it came a typical, with housekeeping, I would take it. You, yeah, but what's your typical like one bedroom, not that big apartment is about a thousand square feet. Right. Okay, thousand, maybe eleven hundred. Yeah. Eleven hundred. So, so this is brutal. Well, yeah, and it's not just housing or rent. It's March. We saw that what groceries went up ten percent, new cars t- up twelve point six percent. Uh, furniture, 10.8%. So we're not getting a break anywhere. And then add on tap, on top of that, all the gas price increases. I mean, it's it's really tough out there. It's brutal. And people are having to reevaluate their spending, and it's going to keep a lot of people home and or having forcing people to relocate. None of this, by the way, I want to be clear, is helped by the conflict in Europe with Ukraine and Russia. But none of it also started as a consequence of what's going on in Ukraine and Russia. Looking at inflation, we were at, and this is this is just it's it's crazy to look at. In April of 21, inflation one year ago was 4.2 percent. Today, 8.5 percent. Now, when do you think it shot up? Because you know the 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 buildup we'll call it the buildup to the Ukraine crisis in earnest began call it February yeah all right it, yeah I think it was end of February yeah we'll even say early February but we look at January January inflation was seven point five so from April four point two percent to January seven point five these are really important numbers I just want you to be clear if anybody comes to you and says well, you know, but this is Putin's, this, that we're paying this money at the pump and my groceries are costing what they're costing because of Putin. You, you, you've got to bust out some math and say, no, did you know that prices from Jan, I mean, pricing, it's, we've got a, inflation's got up basically one percentage point since before the crisis. And if, and, and if I had to, even if I had to shorten the time frame and some from the beginning of the invasion, it's only 0.6 of a percentage point, 7.9 to 8.5. So very small jump, still an appreciable jump, but a very small jump from the beginning of the year till now when you compare it with a year ago. And the cause for this is mostly bad government policy. And it, it started, you know, quite honestly, a, a little under the Trump administration, just couldn't control spending. The spending was out of control. And now has continued with some with some you know dis- just disastrous uh, ideas and planning. And one of the big problems was all this funny money that got dropped into this mm-hmm. economy for COVID. Yep. And the minute you begin, I, I say this, you know, if you subsidize something, the government throws down a thousand dollars a month for every working family in subsidies. Costs will go up because everyone's purchasing power increases and basic economics is that the value of a good is set by what the willing buyer will pay a willing seller to consume that good. So if every bill, every willing buyer has $1,000 more or $10,000 more, price go, prices go up accordingly because sellers right now this the the market still has to reach an equilibrium it still needs to balance out the only way that you meet demand is to provide supply and pricing at the right amount to meet demand 
And th this is these. The problem is, is that everyone's going to college to study gender studies, <laughs> right? You know, you know how I, I dealing history. with dealing with wokeness and 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 racial issues. Great art history, fine. But it used to be that these courses were required, and that that people got a solid education and understood principles of 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 economics. And these are things. These are this is not political theory, friends. This is this is this is science. It's like gravity. I always say, you know, nobody's surprised when they take, you know, a, a, an, anything and and drop it down on the floor and it drops. But suddenly we're surprised that when we when we drop free money into an economy, the prices go up. We're surprised by that. And it's, you know, it, it's, it's completely for, it was completely foreseeable. And, and I, and it, and it really does, it does frighten me. We are poised to revisit some of the darkest days of our country in the last 50 years. In the seventies and early eighties, our country was in a very difficult, dark place. And a lot of what we have taken for granted, both in terms of peace and of stability, of economic prosperity, is at risk. And we really need to think about how we how we vote because some of these some of these politicians have have no idea how to keep the checkbook balanced. They have never had to, and they've never had to, or they you know the the the, the entire process is it favors those who you know can earn can can buy votes. And so we ultimately, as voters, as Americans, need to be in a place where we're not, where we, where we reject being won over by free money. And so this, but that, that's, um, that's just wishful thinking. It's never, it's never going to happen. So this is, you know, again, just to look at the numbers, 4.2 was the number one year ago. 8.5% inflation is the number now. That relates to the cost of goods going up. I guarantee you, you, you know, your paycheck did not go up. Mine did not go up accordingly. So we are all having to uh, make, you know, pay pay more to maintain the same. And and for most of us, that that means there is a a net negative at the end of the month, and it is painful and is frustrating, and in my view, was completely avoidable. And it's something we need to constantly remember when we're going to the ballot box every whatever we do with fall. We need to remember these things that the politicians and their policies and how they impact our day to day life down the road. It's really great and sounds great to throw money into an economy when when you're. But the reason they did it is because the governor decided to shut us down and said, you're not essential. You're not essential. You are essential. So here here's a bunch of money. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. The argument is, well, we're going to shut people down, but don't worry. Help us on the way. The government's going to give you money. <laughs> Friends, it doesn't work. It's not economically sustainable, and we're paying the price for it now. And it's not just – and I, I'm glad, Ash, you raised the, the local side of it because it really is not just about Biden. It's not about Congress. It's not about Trump. It's right here about Sisolak. 
Well, yeah, I mean, we talk to our friends in all the various industries that own law firms, that have restaurants, that own bars, and the struggle it is to hire and retain employees and the difficulty it is because of the influx of money. And, and a lot of people are leaving. They're rethinking their, their job and their career path altogether. And, and part of that is because they realized a government can come down at any moment and say, your job's not essential. So that forced a lot of people that worked in the reg- restaurant industry to go, well, I don't like that, and I, I'm going to go try and find something else. And then it also made a scarcity of job of workers. And so now people are paying crazy prices. And this is all just an imbalance, and we need to remember we're an ecosystem. And whenever you artificially manipulate it, there's going to be consequences. And right now we're going to feel that. And we're it's not going to go away quickly, unfortunately. And we can't control what the rest of the world's doing. And right now we're seeing the rest of the world and Russia and Ukraine conflict and China's positioning. It's all impacting and making our lives harder. But it was going to be painful nonetheless. Prices, uh, final point on this, agree with all that you said. Final point is that prices are subject to real supply also perceived supply Mm -hmm. and if you don't like what you're paying at the pump right now know that simply by announcing the restart of two major pipelines that were both mothballed uh, early into his tenure if biden just got up tomorrow and said you know what in the interest of the working american family we are doing away with our with our moratorium. We are allowing for these permits to go forward, and we are going to get these pipelines built. Simply him saying that and following through with an executive order would be enough to immediately ease pricing because the markets would react. And that is – this is a truth people understand. It's, 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 this is all driven by the fear of what will happen in the future, that in the future – we are going to you know lose our our energy independence and a lot of a lot of goods everything you buy on on amazon has to get to your doorstep somehow and chances are somebody's using gas so ultimately oil is a big part of this equation anyway when we come back if you've ever gotten out of jury service okay now we, we yeah ash for example um i know you may have come up with some some creative or just perhaps honest excuses we have one to beat that when we come back. What's right with Sam and Ash? News Talk 840 KXNT. And welcome back, Sam Rajovsky. Ash Watkins here. What's right with Sam and Ash? Glad to be with you. Um, yeah, masks still on in airplanes. By the way, Ash, funny enough, I was coming back from, as I was coming back yesterday, flying from the Czech Republic, flew through Germany, came here on a German airline. They've got direct flights now back to Vegas, which is really nice. And, you know, we are really, really into masking here. We are. And on airplanes, if you don't wear a mask, uh, they literally throw you out of the airplane, you know, when you're 30,000 feet up. So it was funny to see that the Germans, who are generally a culture of rule followers, uh, were not that adherent to the rules. <laughs> and try as they might, the flight attendants did not succeed at anybody really uh, obeying it entirely. I would say compliance was 50-50. Really? Yeah. 
It's interesting. And people, and by the way, there's a huge spike in Germany right now. But everybody on the plane had to be tested. So it, we all had to be tested within 24 hours of the flight. To get back into the U.S. Yeah, so it, it, you're, you're in an environment that is probably about as safe as it gets for COVID, not to mention the air recycling and all that. And and look, and so people just know it. They know that this is starting to be absurd, but we still cannot get over ourselves here, even though even Dr. Fauci came out yesterday and said, you know, this fires, we're going to have to live with it and precautions are as bad as good as it's going to get and da 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 seem to be definitely backpedaling on this thing. I don't know. I, I hope that this... I hope that they resolve this soon because we've always said this. We think that people will be kinder to each other on airplanes, and you will see less of these types of confrontations that have been turning violent over the you know last year or so uh, as people are just so frustrated and, and nasty with each other when they get on the plane or immediately scolded for showing a bare nose hole or two. Yeah. So when do you have to put the mask on? As soon as you get on the plane to the U.S.? Or is it like – when you get close to L or <laughs> when you air- cross into U.S. airspace, boom! Yeah. No, 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 no. German in the Germany, the airport, you have to have a mask oh, okay. on. You're you're supposed to have it on on the plane. Got it. I'm just saying that the compliance with that rule was was pretty was pretty. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I guess this kind of segues into my Sammy on the spot. Are well, you ready? Well, I still wanted to very quickly just touch on this this ju- this jury excuse. Oh yeah, yeah. I this forgot. is. This is the case of school shooter uh, that in Florida, you know, we don't talk really, we don't ever mention, try to mention shooters' names. But anyways, the school shooting in Florida, he's on trial. Um, hope they literally burn him to death right after the trial. But at any rate, there was a woman who got up and, you know, said that this trial, it, it was going to, it's going to take six months apparently. It's going to be an undue burden to her because. Tell me. Well, she's a sugar baby. She literally says to the judge, I'm a sugar baby and I have a, I'm married, but I also have a sugar daddy and I need to be with him every day. And if I don't do that, I lose out on $8,000 a month in income. Now, Ash, you know what this whole setup is, right? Yeah, I mean... I, do I? <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I don't know what this is. Well, we... Look. Oh, no. <laughs> not, not, not personally. I don't. Wow. It's uh, always an awkward conversation because we had, we had a... We had an ex-friend who... Uh, who, well, just not telling any tales or naming any names, but, uh, but he, he definitely dabbled in the sugar daddy business. And, and there was... Uh, there's apparently, as we learned, no shortage of... Of, of women who lined up to be given gifts, yeah. money, right? But, but also gifts, yeah. allowances, apartments in exchange for companionship. And I use that term loosely. So <laughs> this is her job. She looks at it as a gig. Her Did, did her, it work? The judge, it was a female judge. And oh, she was, that's where she I... was so baffled by it. She was, I don't even know what you, what you I don't, I don't know what that is. And she didn't want to get into it with her because she sensed that it was going to be quicksand. This lady was very, uh, well, how would I describe it? Um, unguarded, oh. open about her 
lifestyle, and the judge, I think, wanted none of that. So She's a conservative judge and right, didn't want right, to know any right, details. Right. So, so, again, she said it was an undue hardship and was eventually dismissed. So there it is. Uh, friends, anyone listening, if you really need that, you know, clutch excuse. Work just clutch. Yeah. <laughs> Handbag, et cetera. Uh, you know, this is, uh, this is the, uh, the place. This is the way to do it. Um, absolutely fantastic story. And I don't think at a trial I've ever been on, I've heard something like that ever. So, I, yeah, I've heard some crazy ones, but not that, I guess, candid. All right, one month, I mean, two weeks, excuse me, feels like a month of no Sammy on the spots. Give it to me, Ash. What do you got for well, me? Well, I was going to say, and I'll just say quickly, Philadelphia has reinstated its indoor mask mandate as COVID-19 cases uh. rise. But this is always the funny part, Sam. The cases are rising and it's so urgent, but we're not going to mandate it until the 18th. Give COVID a week to settle in and get ready. Why? Yeah, Why I, a week? I, if it's that urgent and that serious, mandate it immediately. So that was going to be my segue to the first point of your story. This story now will go back to the courtroom. Apparently, an Aroostook County courthouse in Maine is poised to be the first in Maine to have a dedicated therapy dog to provide emotional support for people dealing with traumatic experiences. I love it. I want more dogs everywhere. I'm I'm like a, a John Curtis on Friday Food Fridays always rails about dogs and restaurants. You know, if it's a nice dog, those those emotional support dogs that they carry around the airports, for example. So cute. They're so cute. They're just mellow, little golden retrievers, happy, walking around, drooling. No problem. The more the merrier. I love yeah. it. I remember they brought puppies in during law, uh, during law school finals. It was great. Yeah, I had one of them do my finals for me. <laughs> yeah, almost didn't graduate. True story. Um, just kidding. Is uh, that why Rocky's here? Yeah. <laughs> you owe him. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, I owe him. He's. Uh, he. He pulled pulled through for me. Absolutely. All right. Well, like that. It's good to be back. Ash, thanks for covering me while I was gone. You and Robbie did a, a great job. It was fun. And uh, I'm happy to be here. What's yep. right with Sam and Ash? We'll be back tomorrow, same time, 2 p.m. We'll talk to you then.